today. Um, and if you're a guest with us, again, I want to reiterate to you, we're so glad that you're here and chose to worship uh, with us today. And if you would like to connect with us, we want to get to know you better. We want to know what we can do to help you. Uh, there should be a card somewhere close by on one of those seats. We invite you to fill it out. And uh, you can just drop it in this basket when we go to dismiss today uh, so that we can get connected. And I'll reach out to you personally. And so we're so glad that you're here. Um, if you've been watching online, um, I've been kind of preaching through a, a little bit of a series uh, on, uh, on doctrine and just understanding God's plan for man. And so we're going to continue that today, and I want to preach under this title, All in the Name of Jesus, All in the Name of Jesus. And today is going to be a great day because we're going to be having a baptism at the conclusion of service, um, and so that's exciting. We're going to be uh, baptizing Alice in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, and we're going to celebrate with her, and so it's going to be a, a great day. So Colossians 3.17 says this, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And I've been preaching these last few weeks about our salvation. I've been preaching about God's grace. That's where I started. I started talking about God's grace toward us and that we are able to be saved. It's because of His grace that we're able to be saved. And grace is what makes the difference. If you go back to that very first sermon I preached, I, I talked about, um, you know, a long jumper and a professional long jumper holding the world record could far out jump me. It's, it's not even comparison that can be made. Uh, but if we're trying to reach a goal, like say we're trying to jump from here to the moon, um, then really there's not much difference between us. We come really close. We make it about the same distance. Uh, really, when you make that comparison. Um, and that, that is what grace, grace is the thing that makes the difference in how far we go. So it's not about who's, who's good, who's not good, who's righteous and not righteous. It's about who does God say is righteous. And he says no, none, no, not one. And so grace is the thing that makes the difference. And grace is God's work of salvation in us. And because of grace, faith is our response to his grace. We must believe that he wants to save us. We must believe that he wants to fulfill his promises in our life. And so when we believe that God's grace is for us and we believe that he is going to save us, then we are called to repentance. And repentance is our first act of faith in which we respond to his grace and his call to salvation. Repentance means to turn from our sins toward God. If you think of military terms, whenever they say repent, it just means turn around. It means I was walking one direction and I start talk, walking the other direction. It's not just an admission of guilt. It is turning from the sin that has held on to our lives. And because we repent, we're instructed to, toward baptism. Baptism is a second act of faith in which we're immersed underwater, having the name of Jesus called over us. It is not just a public acknowledgement of our faith, uh, it literally does something. If we study baptism in Scripture, baptism does a work. God uses our faith and obedience to do a work in our lives called washing us 
of those sins. So something happens when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Our sins and the stain of those sins are washed away. And so today I want to preach about all in the name of Jesus. All in the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Hebrews, they were known as the people of the name. They had the name of God. Because they were so conscious of the importance of the name of God, they would avoid using the name of God at all costs. And it got to the point they were so dedicated to avoiding the name that they did not even write the name. They started taking portions of the name out, the, the vowels out of the name. So that way, whenever we look at it in the original language, what we see is we see a couple of letters that represent the name of God. It's referred to by theologians as the Tetragrammaton. And it's just the equivalent transliterated as YHVH in our language. And that's why people say Yahweh or Jehovah or different things. It's just literally YHVH, and it simply means the Lord. And so they were dedicated to the one true God and dedicated to his name. And they only had the one God. And that separated them and set them apart from every culture around them. Every other culture, it was just, you know, anything could be a God. Whatever you needed to be a God could be a God. So they had no images of their God. They had the only name of their God, and they only had one true God. Other cultures had idols and images that they would worship, but the Hebrews only had the name. So think about that. When you have no image of your God, you have no idol, you only have a name. And we know the significance of a name because if, if I say someone's name, if I call to, to Robin and I say, Robin, she, she turns around and she acknowledges I've said her name. If I call on Grace, Grace will turn and say yes because I've used her name. And so the name was valuable. It was important because what it did for the people was it gave them access. That's the importance of the name. It gives you access. If, if I don't know your name and I just sit and say, hey, hey you, hey, hey you, you can ignore that all day long. There's a lot of hey yous around. But if I have your name, you can give me access and I can call that name. And we too are the people of the name. There are cultures around us that will have idols that they worship and that's not uncommon in Atlanta. Some people even, uh, if they would say they don't worship an idol, they may have things that they have been allowed to have allowed to replace God in their life that have become idols. And some of those idols in, in life that easily substitute themselves for God is the pursuit of pleasure or the pursuit of money, the pursuit of material goods, items that we have created by ourselves that have become important more important than God that they serve, that we end up serving and worship. But I hope that we're not like that. I hope that we keep God at the center of everything and we understand who he is and why we worship him and we make him the center of our lives and our homes. So we're, submit, we're to submit to the lordship of Jesus in all parts of our life. That's what Colossians 3.17 was all about. It said everything that you do, do it in the name of Jesus. When we make decisions, we want to choose to do what is pleasing to him and submitted 
to His will. My son and I, we pray every night and we go through the Lord's Prayer and pray. And, and there's always, you know, the first portion of that is not my will, but thy will be done. And so we pray to submit our will to His will. Do all that we do in word and deed in the name of the Lord Jesus. When we decide what we are do, going to do with our day, when we plan our budget, when we decide we're going to spend our money, how we're going to spend our money, when we decide where we're going to spend our time, we should put Him first, doing all that we do in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we're the people of the name. People of the name. The name of of Jesus. God remains the same in his identity and character, but he did a new thing. Coming around the New Testament, he did a new thing. He came in the form of a man. And not only did he come in the form of a man, but he overcame the flesh and he overcame sin and he overcame death. And in coming, he revealed his name. Jesus literally means Jehovah has become my savior. It literally means God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, Jehovah has become my Savior. So we're people of the name of Jesus. In Matthew one twenty one, it says, She'll bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Why is he called Jesus? Because he shall save his people from their sins. That's why. It wasn't just a random name. It was a very popular name of the day, but it wasn't just something random. The angel told her, you're going to call him Jesus. Why? Because he'll save his people from their sins. So it's the blood of Jesus that washes away my sins. It's the sacrifice that allows us to come to an almighty God who is so pure that normally we would not even be able to approach him. But we come to him in the name of of Jesus. It's all in the name of Jesus. John 14, 14. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Not our own selfish things. He says, but according to his will, ask in my name. Peter, at the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful in the book of Acts, we have the name. He, he says, we don't have any gold. We don't have any silver. But whatever we do have, we give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. What was he saying? He's saying, I really don't have the ability to do anything. But whatever I can do, I'm willing to do in the name of Jesus. And it wouldn't have helped him if they had silver. It wouldn't have helped him if they had gold. That's just a temporary relief. But in the name of Jesus, he says, rise up and walk. And he does. And everyone started to look at Peter and John like they were spiritual superstars. It's funny how we do that. They must be real spiritual to be able to do this. But Peter sets the story straight in Acts chapter 3, verse 16. It says, in his name, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He says we have a name that heals. It's not a magic formula. There's nothing magical about it. But when we have faith in the one who the name speaks of, 
When we trust in the one that we can call on his name and his attention is brought to us, we have the healing in the name of Jesus Christ. There's physical, there's emotional, there's spiritual healing in his name. He still heals. He still answers. That's why we do everything in the name of Jesus. The apostle realized that they had power when they used the name of Jesus. They didn't have power in anything else, but whenever they understood that they could call on the name of the Lord and he would respond they understood that's where the power was at not in the name but in who the name represented so the Jewish authorities they arrested and began to interrogate them they said what did you what did you do they got upset they tried to forbid them from doing ministry Verse 10, or chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. They said, we just called on him. That's all we did. We just used the name. We just asked him to show up. That's our only connection. That's the only connecting point. Is we just asked him to show up. We just believed, and we just said the name. Peter went on to tell them, verse 11 and 12, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He says, you threw out the cornerstone. You rejected him, but there is power in his name. And that name is for our salvation. It's not in any other name. There's no other name. It's only that name. And the Jewish leaders said, well, you didn't really commit a crime. We have to let you go. But then they said, just don't use the name. Just don't use the name. You can preach your sermon. You can teach your lessons. You can sing your songs. But stay away from the name. Don't use that name. Isn't that just like the devil? If he can get you out living in sin, he will. He'll do that. But if he can't get you to do that, he'll try to get you just to stay away from the power. Go ahead and play church. You go ahead and you meet. You go ahead and you make people feel welcome. But stay away from the power. Acts 5.28, they said, did not we strictly command you to teach, not teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and tend to bring this man's blood on us. Verse 41, so they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame, suffer shame for his name. Let every know, everyone know that we are the Jesus name people. We'll rejoice even if they persecute us. At least they know the name of Jesus. We are the people of the name of Jesus. In verse 42, it says they went on daily in the temple in every house. They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They kept on. They didn't let go of the name. They didn't let go of the person who identified with the name. The early church prayed in Jesus' name. They healed in Jesus' name. They preached in Jesus' name. They taught in Jesus' name. They cast out demons in the name of Jesus. It's not just some empty formula that you can walk around saying in Jesus' name. It means something. And here's what it means. 
It means you have to know him. You have to have faith in him and call him in sincere faith. In Acts chapter 19, when they came across some believers, some followers of John, Paul asked them, he says, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? He said, we haven't heard of such a thing. He says, well, who, who then did you follow? He said, well, we're followers of John. John pointed to Jesus Christ. John was talking about Jesus. There's one coming after. That's the one you should follow. And so in verse 13, it says, Some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They witnessed and saw what Jesus or what Paul had done and what calling on the name of Jesus had done. In verse 14, it says, There were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Because you have to know not just the name, but the one of the name. Verse 16, then the man in whom the evil spirit leaped upon them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord was magnified. You see, there's power in the name of Jesus, but there's power really in the one that you know that his name is Jesus. In the early church, they did everything in the name of Jesus. They baptized everyone in the name of Jesus. When someone believed and they repented of their sins, that very hour they would take them and they would be baptized. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it was not only the Jews, but the believers in Samaria also, Acts 8 and 16. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Samaritans were baptized in Jesus' name. So the Jews were, the Samaritans were, and then Cornelius, the first Gentile believers, in Acts chapter 10, verse 48, it says that they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What name? The name of Jesus. Then they asked him to stay a few days. The disciples of John that I mentioned earlier in Acts chapter 19, verse 5, they'd already been baptized. They were baptized the same way as Jesus was. But it was important enough that Paul said uh, whenever he talked to them, they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 5 of Acts 19. So what you see is that every time that they did anything, they did it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you what the Christian church in America needs. A revelation of the name of Jesus and who Jesus is. Paul, when he was baptized, he was baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts 22, 16. This is his own witness, his account. Verse 16, he says, now why are you waiting? This is uh, Ananias, or yeah, Ananias talking to him. Ananias tells him, why are you waiting? He says, arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. What name is that? The name of Jesus. Well, think about that for just a minute. What is the name of the Lord? Paul had just asked. Paul was knocked off of his animal. A light shined around him. He's blinded. He says, who are you, Lord? 
Who are you? He says, I am Jesus. You see, his name represents him being a saving God. It represents his power. It represents his presence. It represents him being a delivering God. And so today we're so blessed because we have his authority, we have his power, we have his presence because everything we do is in the name of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that name? Whenever you're facing a trial at home and you need to pray, pray in the name of Jesus. Whenever you need a miracle, you ask in the name of Jesus Christ, provide this miracle. When you have a need that needs to be supplied, you ask, Lord, provide it in the name of Jesus. All that you do, do in the name of Jesus. Start your day saying, Lord, let this be your day. Not just Sunday. Sunday, we say, is the Lord's day. But every day should be the Lord's day. Lord, this is your day. Let it be your day in the name of Jesus Christ. Do all that you do in the name of Jesus. Praise God. We're going to baptize Alice today. And I know this is going to be a little bit different ending to a service. But I wonder if we could just thank the Lord for his name. I'm so excited. All that God is doing. We have people who are repenting. Turning to God. The world is being stirred up. God is doing a work. Don't be deceived. I, I know it's, it's bad. And everything is raw. And emotions are going everywhere. It's bad. But God is working. Behind all of that stuff. God is still working. You say God's working in justice. God, God does work in injustice. He works behind everything. And for those that are righteous, he turns everything to good. And he's working. He's calling people. He's stirring people up. They're looking around and they're seeing all that is happening. I mean, think about the year 2020. I came into this year thinking, man, we're going to have revival God's going to move and God had spoken some specific things to me. He said, your, your influence is going to be spread. Not talking about me, talking about the church. He said, our influence is going to be spread. He said, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. I didn't realize it was going to happen like this. I did not realize it. And I know you've prayed just like I've prayed. And you're saying, Lord, what is going on? What is... 2020, let's hit repeat, do a do-over. Let's start this over. We're halfway through and we're like, what, is seven, what are the next seven months going to hold? What are the next six months going to bring to us? And every time I pray, the Lord says, I've got it. Trust me. Just trust me. I'm doing something. And I'm telling you, the Lord is doing something. He's working in your life. He's working in your home. He's working in this church. He's working in this world. And we've got to do everything that we do in the name of Jesus Christ. We're stepping into our destiny. We're stepping into miracles that we didn't know we were going to walk into this year. We're stepping into some things. And it's all in the name of Jesus. And I thank God for that name. I thank God for that name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for revealing your name to us. Thank you for revealing your power to us. Thank you for revealing your salvation to us. Thank you for revealing what we need to do in our lives to be obedient to your word so that we can receive every promise that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Let's worship him together for just a moment. I want to invite you to stand right where you're at. Normally we'd call everyone to the front, but today we're going to stay right where we're at. And every one of these chairs, if you're wondering, you came in, you're like, what is up with the way the chairs look? They're six feet apart in every direction. Except for the people right next to you, obviously. We assume that they're family. Praise God. Let's worship the name for just a moment. And listen, if you're here and you say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, I want you to know that I'm available to talk to you. And I'll give you scriptural guidance. I won't tell you my philosophy. I won't tell you just what I think or I believe. I will show you what scripture says. And lead you to what God wants you to do in your life. Let's entertain the presence of God here right now. Lord, we magnify your name. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for your power. Thank you for being a miracle-working God. Thank you for your name, Lord, to let us know who you are. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your name. If you have a need, tell him what your need is.